finish this song. <laughs> this shot a little tighter because we see the bouquets, which makes me crazy. Hi out there. This is a very slick and professional show. Vicky hates we're, we're not what? Because we're not in the studio, um, which makes me crazy. Hi, Louise Palenker. Hi, Vicky. That was beautiful. Harmonies. I say back up with Sid Straw. Casually. I didn't so because good. it would have really sucked if I was singing too, but I, I was dancing because I love, I was, I was Percussion. I was, I was snapping. I, yes, I was being, she I was, love to feel percussion. I love um, but the thing is that I, I love Sid. I love that song. I'm going to be singing it in my head forever. When Sid comes out here, she's going to be telling us how people can get that at home because I, I want to buy that song. I need that song now. I need to be streaming it. I need to... I need to be casual. I need I need casually in my life because I take everything just a little too seriously. You're very formal. She's formal. I, I, I'm not even going to my notes. Ross, She's Mark. She's wearing a cummerbund. I know you're out there, Ross, and I am not going to my notes at all. I'm winging the whole thing. So the first thing I want to do is I want to thank our sponsors. And I just want to say... Rick Smokey, who I've been telling you about for weeks and weeks and months and months, who is our sponsor, who is the printer of the gods at Quick Impressions in Chicago, show us the, the two-sided cards he made for you. He made me two-sided cards. Okay, and what do they this say? Is side A. It says, Things I Found Online, which is the name of my podcast with Joseph Briano and Larry Morgan. And on the back, it's me at the Women's March, which getting stampeded by pink people. I love your cards. And, and these are mine. They're two-sided also with my book on one side and women who write and the row taken on another. And this is my bookmark. And, and I just want to say, you know, um, don't jump. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, and my fucking mother. And uh, it's my book. And it's available on Amazon. And uh, there's also a version where I'm, I'm actually speaking the entire book. And I did it in Carl Reiner's pool house while he and Mel were watching movies and eating lamb chops. Mm -hmm. And yesterday was Carl Reiner's birthday, and I want to wish him a, a very happy birthday. He is 96 years old. He has two books that came out this week. Really? He, he has written like four books in the last year. Did you read them aloud in the pool house? <laughs> he, is, he is the most... 
he is the most so tenacious. Turn pages for him. He is he is amazing. He doesn't need you. He could do every. He can do it. He can do it all. He's amazing. He doesn't need us. Couldn't sing Carl doesn't need us. He doesn't need us. Carl doesn't need us. But but Carl loves the women and the men. Carl loves everybody. He's a, he's a wonderful person. He's also very political, and he he takes a very strong stand on Twitter. He's got I'm a very active. Him he's on Twitter. Yeah, he's got a very active. Yes, both of them very active. But anyway, Rick Smokey, quick impressions makes all kinds of things so you can put things in them and uh, and brochures and calendars and sleep aids and 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 he, he also he doesn't make the sleep this aids, could just be the box. he also makes all kinds of boxes and and i like my box ha ah, anyway that's my tissue box but anyway and then there's also She's so um, bawdy there's i'm pro box pro box <laughs> and and the thing is that if you tell rick that you came because of Louise or Vicky from the road take, and Rick is going to take extra. He takes great care of everybody, yeah. but he's going to take even extra great care of yeah. you. Yeah. Lo I love Rick, and I also love Nicole Venables of the Ruby Begonia Salon. Mm -hmm. She is my coiffer, and I have to tell you that she makes me feel pretty, and um, that doesn't, ha you know, I like I, you know, don't know that doesn't happen well. But anyway, but you I are pretty. Thank you. And I love Nicole Venables. Uh, she's in Studio City, the Ruby, the Ruby Begonia Salon. She's fabulous. She just has great products. Uh -huh. Love her. Uh -huh. She's got her work cut out for her dealing with you, Vicky. <laughs> she does. She seems to have mad skills. She has mad skills. Wow. You know, I had the word <laughs> mad skills in an article I just submitted, which we're going to talk about in a second. And I had the words mad skills and my manager, Mark Pariser. And by the way, Carol, is Carol taking Carol on any new clients? Because Mark is done with me. Mark doesn't want to manage anymore. I need a manager. Will Carol take me on? Listen, let's talk off camera. Okay, we need to talk because I, I am manager seeking because Mark has had it with management after two years with me. No, seriously. I dragged him back in. He didn't want to do it. And he's got other things. But I am looking for a manager. But anyway, mad skills. He said, what does that mean? I said, trust me, the kids know. The kids know. So I wanted to talk about that because I got to, and Sid was there last Thursday, I got to read at Sit and Spin. Oh, that's right. And you know, it's not often so that I good. read outside of my own living room and I don't have to set up the chairs and clean the bathrooms. All I had to do was show up and, and read, which is amazing. And I get in the car, go read. And you and, were provocative, saucy, oh, eloquent. Oh, I nice love you. That's so lovely. Thank you. And so that piece, which was called, which is called "Sex and the Sober Girl," mm -hmm. I wrote specifically for Sit and Spin, kind of on the saucy, provocative, a lighter take on my situation. And I got to read with with Maggie Rowe, who, who, who is the curator of Sit and Spin, but also with the creator, Jill Soloway. Wow. Jill Soloway, I love dick. No, that's the name of her show. And um, Sometimes you occasionally yell that, though. Transparent. And um, she's won Emmys, and she wrote on Six Feet Under. And, you know, I kept saying, I want you to come to Women to Write. She doesn't want to come to Women to Write because she doesn't want her stuff out on the Internet because she's writing a book. But I asked her if she'd come and do The Road Taken because that's conversation. Not, you know, and she can kind of control what she says. But um, she is um, non-binary. Mm -hmm. And I kept using the pronoun. Right. And, and she prefers they and them. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and even though my life is surrounded, I, I go to all gay meetings, my sponsor is gay. I'm very in, I, I have a transgender poet client that mm -hmm. I coach. 
but I was having a hard time getting it right that night. I was, I kept saying woman and well, anyway, um, it was a wonderful, magical night. Mm -hmm. It was fantastic. But then I had to rework the piece completely because I was submitting it to um, The Fix. And for there, it's a completely original piece. And there I decided to dig deeper and to really, uh, to not be jokey and to not be set up punchline, but to really speak from the heart. Mm -hmm. And which I could have done at Sit and Spin too, I realized. I, the, the obligation I felt to be funny. Um, you know, uh, one what of my friends- What a horrible pain. Yeah, and, and Emmy Geisel, our, our friend Emmy was telling me, why can't you just be you? You're funny when you're just you. And why isn't that good enough? And I felt this compulsion to, to be joke, more jokey. And I'm not gonna ever do that again because I have to be true to the voice that I have and trust that that's something that's gonna be compelling enough. Um, but anyway, I, I sat down and I wrote the truth. And as I was writing the truth, I had this incredible epiphany mm -hmm. about really what the truth is, that my sexuality is not stunted by my sobriety. Mm -hmm. It's stunted by my lack of acceptance of my body. And I write about that. And I, I, w I wasn't gonna write about the whole thing, even for the fix, because I felt, oh, this is too youth-centric. They're, they're not gonna be into this. But I decided to jump off the cliff and really tell the truth. And, um, and it's a conversation I'm really looking forward to having with the women at Women Who Write. Um, and by the way, we're going live on Tuesday, and if you're still in town, I hope you come. Um, we're, we're, and if you out there are in LA, please come join us. And if you're not, join us live on the Facebook, 11 a.m. Pacific time, live on the Facebook. Eric and Eliza Roberts are gonna be here. And I when, love them. All right, now how fantastic are they, but also, Louise, it's not often you and I both say this. We walked out of there, and what did you say to me? Do you remember? Best conversation ever. Besides best conversation ever. Aaron, uh, Eric is the handsomest man I've ever looked at. He, that's right. He yeah. is arguably, it's and true. not arguably, the handsomest man. It's true. He is, it's, you, you have I, to you, look away. It's you, like that's looking why, into the sun. You have to avert your eyes sometimes, <laughs> because I was looking into his eyes, and he is the, maybe the most gorgeous yeah. man I've ever beheld in person. Yeah. He's going to be here in He's person. He's luminous. So, and Eliza, oh my oh God. Oh my God. Oh yeah, mention the wife now after all. No, no, <laughs> but I love Eliza. And Eliza and I were in Henry Jaglin's The M Word together. That's how I met them. I love Eliza. Eliza is so responsible, and Eric will be the first one to say it. She's his best acting coach that he's ever had. She manages his career. She's gotten him all this work. And they're so cute together. And they are in love. They adore each other. And more than that, they respect each other and they treat each other with respect, which I love. Um, and Do you know what I found out about Eliza? What? At her desk, Yeah. there's not a chair. Yeah, she, there's that's just right. pedals. That's right, she, she bicycles. All day. She's fantastic. <laughs> she could be. She could be in San Diego by now. She's amazing. So anyway, they're going to be here, and um, Freddie Negret, who is a an award-winning tattoo artist, who was an addict and uh, went to prison, and he turned his entire life around and has written a book, and he's going to be here with his book, and he also is award-winning. He he like created this whole gray tattoo thing that is like very avant-garde and chic. Anyway, he's going to be here and Harold Payne. Harold Payne is an amazing singer-songwriter who writes custom lyrics for any situation. And um, he's gonna do that on the spot. And he's brilliant. And he's won all kinds of awards and he's amazing and got a great voice. I met him at Ricky Lee Jones' house. 
Um, our guest tonight, Sid Straw. Your life is so magic. It really is. And and Sid has sang back up with Ricky Lee. I love Ricky Lee. Sid's been um, on David Letterman. We we're, we are going to get. Well, we have let. We're going to talk. Oh, I forgot about that. We're going to talk about Dave. Yeah, you and know, Steve my, O'Donnell was at your sit and spin. And he was, and Steve O'Donnell he was my own he was, personal writing idol. He was the head writer for David Letterman, and my husband, uh, Gabe Abelson, was the head monologue writer for. David Letterman at a different time than Steve O'Donnell was there, but anyway, um, and Sid's been on David Letterman, so we have we have like six degrees, all, we have one degree all over the place. All over the place. And um, but anyway, I just want I just wanted to say that about telling the truth and about how important that is. And I also wanted to give just a little shout out mm -hmm. to Lisa Goich. Lisa, I can't Ooh. even say your other last name. Andriatis. I, thank you, Andriatis. Oh yeah, she was on your show. She was on. Uh, um, she was on things I found online. Things I find online with Henry Winkler, which is on Tuesdays and, and the best part, Tuesdays at four o'clock on Facebook. But it, I, it's all over the internet. You can find it. But the best part was that Henry was on video conferencing. Yes, and I knew he only had a half hour, so I said, Henry, would you like to uh, stay while we Google Lisa? Thinking that you know, if he needed to go, he said, "I would love to," yes. and she jumped out of her couch. It was so cute, adorable, and she is adorable. And today, so check your Google results. Make sure they're Henry Winkler appropriate. There you go. Manage that. And um, today, Lisa and I started a 21-day mind, body, and soul restart, and we are meditating, we are exercising, and we are eating sanely. Mindful eating, mm -hmm. no starving, no deprivation, mm -hmm. small portions, small meals all day long, eating smart, exercising. I went out and I speed walked in the rain today. It's all good. I'm doing something very similar. It, it's the 21 minute. <laughs> yes. And I'm, but, I'm at. But for those of you out there who are interested in joining us, uh, please, it's all over my Facebook page today. Lisa started a special page. That it's a closed group, but you shall, anyone can join. It's going to be on the Women Who Write group page, Vicki Abelson's Women Who Write group. Every day I'm going to be checking in there because accountability is everything. Having people to do it with, that's the difference for me, success and failure. Today is day 570, 5,772 5, days that I've been writing every day because I've been checking in and being accountable every single day. And wow. that's how I did it. And that's how I wrote this book. And you um, busy doing that. Carol Burnett is on your couch. And that's fine. Carol belongs there. So anyway, um, everybody, all of Sid's friends are going, where the fuck is Sid? And won't you shut the fuck Sid, up? Sid, 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 Sid. So I love you, Louise. Thank you for doing this. Louise going behind the oh, camera. Now we bring out Sid Straw. Yeah, Woo! We love Sid. It was great being behind the camera. Yeah. yeah. I love Sid Straw. I love being and DP on <laughs> I didn't say anything about you, Sid. And you know what? I kind of like it better. I didn't give any of your credits, but we're going to do That's them. Okay. We're going to do them as they come. We're going to do know, them. Uh, there's a lot of blank space on my resume. <laughs> <laughs> we can fill it up as we go. Well, Carol, what are you doing? Is so, Sid, tell okay? us where you grew up because this is my favorite part of the story. This, I grew up literally, if you have a really good arm and you don't throw like a girl. <laughs> A stone's throw over here. Oh, literally! Montrose, California, where we are podcasting, cow podcasting. I have never told them the name of my town, but that's all right. Oh. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. No, I keep it because, you know. I might have meant to say La Crescenta. Okay, it doesn't matter. And you went to the same school as my kids. Uh, Crescenta Valley, now to thee, we sing our song of loyalty. It's right <laughs> over there. I'm, I'm still with you, Falcons. Okay, so, oh, I love, my daughter's gonna love that. 
Okay, so tell us about your she's dad, because so your dad is like crazy. Well, he's not alive, so I wouldn't call him crazy, no. actively crazy. <laughs> but in retrospect, uh, he was a wonderful actor, and his name is Jack Straw. The and, pajama game. And, and I put up a clip. It didn't occur to me till recently. I put up a clip of him singing his big number with Miss Doris Day from the Pajama Game. I never thought to put it up. Wait, which one was his big number? Uh, he sings seven and a half cents doesn't buy a hell of a lot. Oh and, my God! And it's like he's doing an impression of me in the movie. <laughs> um, although I wasn't born yet for uh, uh, at least four more years, but it, uh, he was. It's so funny. We watched it the other night at, oh. at Toby and Clyde's um, private screening room, and uh, and they were like, "Oh my gosh, you know, you walk just like you him. are getting so much love." Sid's getting, getting so loved. much love. What I loved? Okay, you're getting so much love. love. Wait, let's see I who's want the love. let's see who's watching. Oh, what are these? Floating? Do you know the, Do you know these people? Bobby Nathan. Do you know Bobby Nathan? Oh, he's adorable. He's a fantastic musician. I know Bobby from New York. From the there's floating hearts. Can you see them? <laughs> they don't seem real. Ben Russick, L Lauren, Lauren, oh my God, so, Ma Ross, so many people are watching. It's so wonderful. So many cybernetic <laughs> well wishes. Do they really add up to your hill of beans? I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, so your dad was, was, was a star of film and musical theater. Did, so I, I did a lot of shows with them, but mainly I, oh, my training him? was here at Crescenta Valley High School with the very famous acting teacher, Mr. Bill Thomas. That's amazing. Who is living, I believe, in Pasadena, and, and I'm trying to organize um, a, a tea date with Mr. Thomas, because oh. he was my most important teacher, and I, I really want to take him to tea. I love that. Okay, so when did you know, did you know what your father did when you were like a little girl? No. No. At that point, he was running an inn in Vermont. Oh. So it was more like, what didn't he do? He was the chef, the entertainer, the innkeeper. Is that him? Hey, that's my dad. Oh, will you put it on the... Thank you, Louise. Oh, look at all this love. Look how much love you're... I've never seen so much thing. love in my life. What are these hearts? Those yeah. are people loving you right now. But they're, they're just, exploding. They're exploding. I think people are getting hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I never wanted to hurt anyone. <laughs> All right, I'm sitting here. Hey, by the way, where can people find Casually? I cannot get it out of my head. I am recording it for my new record. I haven't put out a new record since Obama got into office. We can understand that. And, and so, I mean, I meant to put a, 10 records out while he was in office, mm. but it just didn't happen. And so this new one, and, and, and thank you for singing along, Louise. And this was so helpful because this song casually, in my mind, uh, I'm not embarrassed to, that I'm a simpleton, that as, as it happens, I'm There's a nothing sim There is nothing simple about you. That everything about me is, I'm a, I'm, I'm a single cell creature. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a wannabe amoeba. And, uh, and I'm very simple. And so this song is so simple that- I love uh, it that I think it could really get stuck in, in the average cranium. And that's it is I stuck it. in this average cranium. And you don't have an average cranium. I have an average cranium. And I, I cannot, while we're talking, it's still, I have background music and it's casually and it's, and both and two part harmonies, by the way, are still playing in my head. It's fantastic, I that's love it. That's the first time Louise and I sang together. It's fantastic, it I'm, was magic. I, uh, historic. Look, look, this is hysteric, if not historic. <laughs>
<laughs> I didn't even tell you this, but you're going to sing more in the show. Okay. Okay, we're going to do okay. that. We're going to do okay. more of that. Um, okay, so, so in, in a few, uh, because I want to talk to you, because, you know, I don't know that much about, you know, Wikipedia, you know, gives us this much, your website gives us this much, but I really want to know, okay, so what was the first thing you wanted to be that you can remember when you grew up? A veterinarian. Okay. Didn't Why? we all want to be a vet? No, I was scared of animals because my mother was scared of animals. Oh, I wanted only to be a vet and not the kind that comes back from sad, sad wars as if they're any other oh. kind. Oh. But I wanted to be a veterinarian until I realized that there were parts of that job that I couldn't face. Oh. And, uh, and then I thought, I thought seriously about uh, marine biology. Wow. And, um, but I didn't really have the grades. Uh, uh, and uh, then, you know what? I applied to one college, the college of my choice. I thought that's what it meant. Right. You pick a college, the college of your choice. That's what I do too. No backup plan. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I applied over, 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 the, over hill and yonder to Occidental, and I would have been an undergraduate with Obama right. if only I had the 4.0 necessary to get in at that time. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to really brag about what my average was because it, it, it coincided with, uh, well, also in this town, Montrose. Thanks, Barb. You know, my friend Barb, uh, you know, uh, showed me what marijuana was all about and my grades just went see ya bye yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter i'm having fun now goodbye yeah i was a big old marijuana addict all through school i only went to crescenta valley high school stoned once oh good girl and to miss shirley v newt's class thank you very much she's still out there teaching a choir for the alumni choir in this area you could be in it be in it. Hi, no, Miss, I wouldn't pass. Hi, Miss Muth. You were right when you said I'd never really be a singer. You were right. <laughs> no, she was not. <laughs> no. All right. So when did when did this when did you start singing? Well, you know, Mother assures me that I was singing in the womb mm. and keeping her up. <laughs> so I guess you know I had some good volume happening inside. <laughs> when did you start singing in front of people? Uh, probably the Lions Club of La Crescenta. Okay. Paid me 50 bucks. How old? Uh, I would have been, oh, ninth grade. Oh, wow. 50 bucks was considerable in ninth grade. I gave oh, it yeah. to my mother. Wow, nice girl. I'm still bitter. I want it back. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, were you doing school plays all through? Yeah. Yes. And so musical theater was always, because it's in your blood. It really is in the genes or in the corduroys. Yeah. It really is. Both um, of my parents, my mother Barry was a phenomenal spine tingler of a singer. Oh, wow. And she was very, very shy, Vicky. So mom, she, my father had uh, all of the gusto and the mm. bravado. And my mother had massive skill and beauty and talent in this voice. And she also was so shy that riding the subways as a girl in New York City, this was my mother on the subways. Aww. Aww. Yeah. Aww. Isn't that sad? Yeah. But what a great singer. So in other words, she only sang in front of you? She sang at Christmas, and when we would sing uh, at Thanksgiving, we'd get together and sing all, all of the songs from The Sound of Music. Edelweiss can mm. still tear me apart. Aww. And uh, at, she was dying of every possible lung disease <gasps> that smoking can impart. Both, oh. It took both of my parents, so please 
please don't smoke around me, world. Please don't <sighs> smoke around yourself, world. And uh, but did you hospital, ever smoke? Uh, I I posed for a Vanity Fair with a cigarette. And I still feel bad about it. Wow. When was that? Oh, in 1402. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but, but I really despise cigarettes. Mm -hmm. I just do. And, and, and we know why. I quit 35 years ago. Ah, yeah. I'm so glad you did because mm -hmm. you probably wouldn't be sitting here I wouldn't having be. fun together. No, no. You're absolutely uh, right. Mother was in the hospital here, Verdugo Hills Hospital. Mm. And, and many times in and out, many times for the great rehearsal of, of the primal oh. unwinding. Oh. And, uh, and I just, you know, driving here to talk with you today, we, I passed four or five apartments that we lived in. That's so crazy. It's, it's too evocative, let's face it. Wow, that's so crazy. Um, but this is, as, as odd as it seems, a little tiny town. It's a very creative town. Yeah. And that is a very creative high school. Yes. I mean, my daughter's a Tisch right now as a result of having been to La Crescenta High School. I believe it. Who's the drama teacher there now? Um, uh, um, oh my God. I, I know him really I well. Him and I'm, and yeah, I mean, no, but I know him really well. And I'm totally just, um, I need somebody to, I just totally spaced. I can see his face and his Kathy Chapler. And I, oh my God. Never I, mind. That's going to be about me. Right, Let's talk about me. <laughs> it's gonna, he's going to kill me. Oh my God. This is so horrible. I love him and I, I it's gone. Want me to look it up? Yeah, it's gone. It's just gone. His wife is Kathy Chapler. They're my Facebook friends. I love him. I can Let's see him before Let's talk about Rodriguez right. who made my hat. Let's talk about your hat. Let's talk about this hat because Rodriguez who made the hat, he's disappeared oh. from his Lower East Side hat shop. And we don't know why. We don't know where he's gone. Oh, how long ago did you make your hat? This hat, which was my mother's top favorite hat. It's I think it makes me look like Dan Blocker from the, <laughs> the Big Valley, oh, from Bonanza. No. I, I, I love that hat. I know, no, it's my favorite hat, but, and I like that I look oh like God. Dan Blocker. I, I, well, you don't look like Dan Blocker, but I like Dan. No, I love Dan Blocker. And John Heyman, hi. Jack Cantor, hi. Where All right. Think, where Neil Rosengarten? Rodriguez went? You know, Neil Rosengarten is one of the greatest musicians available. Say hi, because he's watching you. Hello, Neil. <laughs> what are you wearing? <laughs> Tell us, Neil. <laughs> uh, okay, so, so you did musical theater. You had these great parents who, who instilled this art in you. How... Okay, so you went to high school, you didn't do college. What, what happened I after high school? I didn't get in. I would have been smoking weed with Obama. Oh, That's the main weed. reason that I didn't Same get year? in, though. I would have been an undergrad with him. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. At Oxy. Wow, that's crazy. But, you know, it wasn't to be because I was um, at CBGB in New York mm. instead, get, you know, working on my punk rock cred. Okay, do you remember Scott Kranz from New York? Cramps. Cramps. Uh, well, okay. So he I don't think I slept with him. Uh, okay, well, he remembers you, <laughs> and he knows you from back in the day, and he reminded me reminded that, Scottish. okay, Scott and I worked together at a club called True Blue um, in, like, 90, but he reminded me that you were around on the scene in Greenwich Village when I was, and I'm thinking, how did we not meet at CBGB's and everything, and, you know, we probably did, but I was too stoned to remember. Or I was yeah. not stoned enough to remember. <laughs> no, yeah. you know, we can't meet everyone because here, this is true. Even in New York City. Yes. 
even if you're one in a million, yes. there's still about eight people running around just like you yeah. in New York City. So, okay, oh, so, the map, the map. so okay. Sid, how did you get to CBGB's? What, what was your road to CBGB's? Oh my God, I just walked over, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I just walked over from the one train. And, and you started playing? Yes. I'm sure that um, I had I had a really fun pop punk band. Where what, called now? what? Oh, I can't tell you. It's okay. the worst band name in history. Oh, come on. I just can't say it. Okay. But our second band name wasn't bad. Okay. And our second band, uh, we had our first rehearsal the day Prince William was born. Wow. wow. Yes, and we were called Royal Baby. Nice! Oh my <laughs> god. But yeah. also my second band, I like saying this on the show, this is great because it's showbiz. Yeah. The first time I ever saw anything about me or my band in public, yeah. like in, in print, so I was like, apparently we're real, you know? We're real, look, I read it. And uh, and, and it was in the I'm new music. That. Look was, at all the you're getting the so much seminar love. or something. And it said this, this is so terrible. So excited about Royal Babies getting some big ink, and it said Sid Straw's new band, Broiled Baby. <laughs> oh. oh, I know it was terrible. Oh. But remember that it was also in the time of Dead Kennedys, and yes. that was pretty shocking too. So mm -hmm. I, then I, you know, I tried to use the typo to my advantage, and I was trying to get on a tour with the Dead Kennedys, Broiled Baby, and Dead Kennedys. <laughs> I just thought. That's a lot. <laughs> Who wouldn't buy a three dollar ticket for that? So much carnage in one show. I mean, you know, and we could add guar, guar to the bill if we really want to spice things up. Okay, so you're playing. So you're playing clubs in New York. Are you are you going around, or are you just playing New York at that time? You know what I mostly was truly doing because I didn't know yeah. where the musicians were. I was waiting online at the comedy clubs. That's where I started Tell. because I couldn't, I walked by, I was looking for a waitressing job and I think somewhere around the 34th no in one afternoon, oh. it got to the point where I just walked in and I would go, and they would go, no. Oh my God. And I would go, got it. Turn around. So then I saw a long line of, of interesting looking men. So I, I said, oh, what are y'all in line for? Is there some really cerebral amusement park at the end of this line? <laughs> and, and, and I'm not kidding. And it was in a way. It was Gilbert Gottfried and um, and and uh, Jerry Seinfeld, all these fantastic comedians. And then Jerry was like, "Oh, come sing up! I'm the MC up at the comic strip. We can put you on." Oh my God! What year? Do you remember what year this is? It was 1704. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it might have been 1703. It's hazy. It's hazy. It is foggy today. It's foggy out there in Los Angeles. Uh, it was around 79. Wow, you started. Really young. Sid. I didn't know what else to do. You I got rejected it. from college, so I just hit the streets of New York, which was an excellent. Uh, <gasps> oh, uh, I have forgotten more than I ever learned, but I meant to remember everything. It was a great education. Did you Did you know Lucian Holt, who used to book the comic strip? Lucian. Do you remember Lucian? Anyone with that name, I wonder if they're a witch. <laughs> Lucian has since passed, but Lucian was oh. the one who was the gatekeeper of the comic strip. He was the one who said if you passed or you didn't. She was with Jerry. She was with Jerry. I'm with Jerry. 
I'm with Jerry. I'm with him. Uh, no, but you know, I I remember the name Lucian, but I I don't remember getting the. Who remembers the, anything yes, back in those days? What I remember was yes. you would get five dollars yes. for each set that you did. So I lived with my dad in. Um, an apartment the size of this house <laughs> um, with the bathtub in the kitchen. Oh, yes. Embarrassingly for my dad, who was very tall. <laughs> but, um, um, and. Uh, what part of town was the apartment? East 71st Street. That's the Upper East Side where the bathtubs were in the. So, yes. uh, and my father had the last tenement on the block. I'm not that proud to say. And, um, and, uh, and I, I, I would use my $5 from uh, Catch a Rising Star to get a cab down to go on an improv and then I'd use my five bucks from improv to go up to the comic strip and then I would walk home and save my five dollars for uh, a grilled cheese sandwich. Wow. And it was great. Right? Happy days, right? Nobody was going hungry. The grilled cheese was perfect <laughs> every night. I where'd you have grilled cheese? Do you remember? Yes, I had an account at <gasps> a tiny little. Um, it was the size of a soda fountain because that's really all there was, and I had an account there, uh, and I would go look, put that water on my account. I'm good for it. <laughs> I went to Maxwell's Plum on 64th and First. You're elegant. You know no. where you know where I got <laughs> fired from. Where? I love this. I got fired from uh, Mr. Chow. Oh my God. Did you work there? No, Mr. Chow was way too high end for me. Well, it was too high end for me too, literally. Whoa. They fired me because I had a moth hole in my little sweater. Oh my oh. God. And I, I would try to like move, you know, move something over. <laughs> like, you gotta hang something over it. Surely no one's gonna notice that the moths find me delicious. <laughs> yeah. But they fired me. They fired me from Mr. Chow for one mealy little mothball. <laughs> mealy little mothball. Oh my God. Okay, so you're doing these clubs. You have this band called Royal Baby. Royal Baby. And um, formerly Schmooze Busters. Oh, oh, what, what's the matter with Schmooze Busters? Oh, she said it loudly. Like oh it. my gosh. I oh, like yeah. Schmooze Busters. Hi, Matthew. Hi, Fred. Was it in the time of Ghostbusters? It was. We were pre Ghostbusters. Okay, well, Ray Parker Jr. is going to do the show. Well, oh. uh, who's going to do Ray Parker? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We have. You can come over when he's here. <laughs> You Formal might need some line, music ladies. for that. We, we might you need, need some yes. music. I know Who people. Who am I going to call? I know people. Yeah, okay. Schmooze Busters. So, so, okay, so, so you're doing the band, you're, you're waitressing, you're I getting your time to the I wasn't doing the band. <laughs> doing Ray Parker. <laughs> she was, she hopes to be doing Ray Parker. So, so you're playing with the band, you're doing the comedy clubs, you're, Starving. you're, you're Starving. waitressing at Mr. Chow's. When, when do things start to shift for you? I would say uh, an important year of internal and external uh, transmorphigration. Wow. That's that probably is, a fake word. I don't care. I love I'm it. I'm so fake. I'm a total fake intellectual. No, no. Look how many loves you got for trans. I can't even say it. I can't either. Clearly. I'm a total fraud. I'm a word fraud. Words flail me. Ah, ah, ah. 
those hearts. Oh, I want the real thing. Big words. I want oh. the real hearts. You can't hang on to these. Oh, oh. They're like goldfish. Look, there's more. There's more. There's birds ah. flying. Um, okay, so so when did when was the transmorphic? I would say 1984. Okay. I visited. Um, I hadn't seen my ma in five years, mm. and I was in New York, mm -hmm. uh, just uh, <laughs> not going to college. And then um, I liked an actor out here, mm. and he said, Ooh, come visit me. And I thought, oh, well, you know, I will go visit him, and I'll tell my mom I'm going to see her. So that will make her happy, mm. and um, I'll check out this actor. And it, it was just ridiculous with him, not a good idea. Mm. Both of the actors I've ever dated, very problematic relationships. How so? The worst, the worst two, like, even lighthearted, callous relationships I've had. Weirdly enough, with actors. And you know mm. what? I think you just have to let people be free mm. to get their next job. And, um, and, and that's why it's tough when they're really good actors. Mm. You know, they, they, everyone needs to be free. That's what I think. There's a great rascal song, Got to Be Free. You know that song? Well, the very first time I was in a recording studio was with Gene Cornish. Oh, Gene Cor I used to book Gene Cornish wow. at the Rock and Roll Cafe on Bleecker Street. Oh my word. Yeah, we go back, girl. We, uh, I haven't seen him since um, the dawn of time. Well, what was, the, what, was the, what was the gig? He took me into a some fancy recording studio. I had never been in a studio. Wow. And there were three really excellent girls doing a lot of uh, fancy background <laughs> harmonies. And I was young and impressionable, but I also was fast. And I was like, it's taking them a long time. I think I could do all of those oh. parts in five minutes. Because, you know, I... I, I was pretty sure that I could, wow. and uh, but I didn't get the chance. But I stored oh. that information, mm -hmm. just learned a lot at that that session, and so how to be your own choir of wire. Sometimes it's just really fast and harmonies. Ooh, that's what resounds in my brain. I'm not. A, I'm clearly not the fanciest guitarist. So, but what I what I compose with to my my true instrument, I think, is a harmonic sensibility. I love that. My choir of wire. I've been doing that a choir lot. Choir of wire. I love that. I've never heard that before. That's very cool. Oh, I'm loving you. that right oh, now. Choir of wire. Oh, Got to give that a heart. Okay, so, so, okay, so '84. So what happened in '84? I got a job with uh, Van Dyke Parks, who is a fantastic American composer uh, and uh, a raconteur, quite the storyteller, quite uh, the splendid, impressionable um, human, hmm. and. Um, it was a big deal because, as mentioned, I had sort of got a one-way ticket. That's what I'm still doing a hundred years later. I get a one-way ticket, hope for the best, like happy landing, get some work, and then figure out if you're going to go home eventually. Can we talk about this for a second? Because mm. this fascinates me. Because fear is the death of me and of pretty much everybody. Stops and us all in our tracks. So I'm trying to learn. I, I'm, I work every day on being okay with being right here, right now, and trusting that everything's going to be okay. You live that. You embody that. You always have. Does fear creep in ever? Like, how do you do it? Fear is... Fear is my jugular. It's, yeah. 
You know, it's so uh, difficult, it's so difficult because we're so swamped in it and we're fed so much fear. Yes, we are. Uh, from all directions, all the time. It's all we can do to brush our teeth and get out into the world, get our lipstick on and, and, and face the, the challenges of the day. It's all we, any of us can ever do. But I'm filled with fear. But you jump. But you you jump off that ledge all the time. You're constantly. I'm a desperate woman. <laughs> <laughs> I am a desperate woman. I am desperate to make the most of my remaining time on this beautiful planet. Uh, to make the most of um, the gathering of my own history and and uh, strength and uh, everything I've learned, trying to put it into play now at the last minute, you know, at the, just trying to make something good of all of it and put people together in uh, the figure eight of love that I live in and that is my work ethic is just to be a part of the figure eight of love and something good is always happening. You notice something good is always happening. Okay, that was my next question. Has it, has it ever happened that your faith that everything will be okay, has it ever been proven incorrect? No. That's it, right? Something good always happens. There you go. And you know the really terrible things, they're valid, they happen too. We're all suffering. We are all on, on different levels suffering. And entertainment, to me, uh, as someone that pervades it and 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 really appreciates it, mm -hmm. I think I used to be embarrassed that I'm an entertainer. It seems too lightweight. I'd really oh. like to do something significant for the world. But you know, more and more, I think that entertainment it is something significant. It's for very the world. and especially you're a singer songwriter, and the songs that you write and the the songs that you sing. That is a gift to the world, and being an artist is a oh, gift to the world, gosh. and walking off that cliff is a gift to the world, and that figure eight of love is the biggest gift to the world. That's it. That is just itsville. That is all that matters, and, uh, and that, that's why it doesn't matter to me if my songs have two chords. I'm embarrassed. I don't really practice a lot. I'm too busy, you know, I'm trying to find parking. <laughs> This afternoon, Sid, right before you came, I had this thought. You know, um, there are people in my life very close to me that have been very disappointed in my money output, in my money, in the money I've earned in my life. They, they perceive me as a failure because I do this thing, this little hobby of mine, you know, this literary salon and this show and writing, and they perceive that as a hobby and as a waste and that my life would be better served if I was making money. I don't think these are actual true friends that you we're not talking. We're talking mostly family, closer. Right. And uh, my friends wouldn't speak to me, wouldn't tell me that, right? Friends, no. friends wouldn't tell me that. But I what, what, I, so. what, I have, what I realized today, my big epiphany today was that not having not earning the money commiserate with what I put the effort and all of that stuff has never stopped me from having food, clothing, Taking a place care to of live, baby. my babies, my car, all of that stuff, got all that stuff, and I'm able to be of service in this world. I'm able to do something that I'm passionate about and that I love and that feeds me 
in ways that money never could, right? So beautiful, yes. Well, but it's the truth that I will probably, I might never earn money that, that to be proud of. I might always be ashamed of my bank account. You know, I might no, always, you we know. We have to get over that. You know, there's debtors anonymous meetings you can go to. <laughs> We don't have to be I'm ashamed. I'm not even a debtor. I, I need to go to Under Earners Anonymous. That's I'll go I'm, with will you. Will you go? I need to I, go to Under Earners Anonymous. I'm probably going to have to run the meeting. <laughs> I, I warn you. I, I've never been, but I'm probably going to run I the meeting. I haven't either, but I, I, I need know, to you know, start like, open. One of the most grotesque things about the online is when you look up someone and it says net worth. Uh, oh my oh God! God. Somebody, <laughs> put somebody's name in and it says net worth. I've really? said, oh, that's we could you know, like look up Tom Petty for instance, and I'm like, oh my goodness! I hope it never. If it does say that next to me, it's gonna say a buck three fifty. Our net worth is a buck three fifty. after parking. <laughs> People wouldn't stop hurling themselves at her because they were always going after her money. I never knew if the love was real. I never could tell. Um, all right, so all right, so let's. So 1984, you had you. That's you, so far. Let's skip to now. Okay. So, well, I, no, but I just I want to talk about the Golden Palomitos oh, okay. and how that happened okay. for you because that was, was a wonderful band that I was in a hundred years ago with lots of. Famous people that came and went, right? People like came and went there. It was very revolving door. Mm -hmm. It was whoever, whoever Anton Fear was fighting with or not fighting <laughs> with. He was our leader of our band, and um, I'm happy to report he's been sober for many, many years now. That's excellent. And I'm, I'm always trying to get him to play. You know, he doesn't play anymore. I don't think he makes money outside of music, and that must be so surprising. <laughs> to actually be making money, that I think he just really likes that. Ah. But. So who was in the band when you were there? Because I know, I, I, I believe Michael Stipe was, right? Michael Stipe was one of my favorite singers and writers and mm -hmm. artists and poets and uh, mercurials. Mm -hmm. And Jack Bruce mm -hmm. was the bass player. Wow. wow. Oh my God. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. And Bernie Worrell from Parliament Funkadelic was our keyboard player. And Carla Blay, the great jazzer, Carla Blay. And, um, and, and Jody Harris and Peter Blegvad. And um, let's see. How did that happen for you? Um, I met Anton on a rainy night in a bar on Bleecker Street at the bitter end. Okay, I ran the club next door, the Rock and Roll Cafe. Of course you did. No, that's so fucking weird. Where was oh, my free coffee? Oh, yeah. was my it was the coffee? other end in the old days, but then it got renamed the Rock and Roll Cafe. Remember when it was and the you, other end? Yes, yes. yes I used to book that club. Yeah, I booked that club. Okay, but wait. So, so you're so, so you're figure eight of love. Of figure so, you're, eight of love. So, you're, so you're in the bitter end. How but I'm not bitter. And, and so and how, how do you meet? Well, this somebody. Uh, oh, I think I, I think it was Hal Wilner. Okay. I think Hal Wilner was a great music producer and friend. I think, what, am I right? It may have been Hal Wilner. Oh, I, I want to drop his name and say okay. that it was Hal. Okay, let's <laughs> and, go with and, that. And he said, oh, Sid Straw, this is Anton Fear. And I know I, I, I probably had a drink in me and I know I leaned in and I went, Fear, I'm not afraid of you. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and then, uh, and 
he liked that. He walked me home in the rain. And I do remember he wrote down his phone number on a piece of paper this big. <laughs> Could did. you read it? I didn't even try. Oh. <laughs> so, so how did you connect? I found it after I washed it, ran it through the washing machine a couple of times, this faded little square with a few digits on it. I went, oh, I think that that was that man that walked me home. What was his name? Anton? He became very important to me, and we did, I think, some... Fantastic music. Great music together, great learning to record together, great two tours where I just learned everything and mm. you know you learn so much from doing you mm. have to do it you can't study it you have to go do it if you want to do it so do make I, your be, movies be, go make your movie um uh make good art Neil Gaiman um so you so before you did that though you, did you sing with Pat Benatar before you joined the Golden Palomitos oh yes that so was years that before okay so how that, that happen? was in the comedy club when I was waiting online oh, at yeah. Catch a Rising Star <laughs> yeah Pat Benatar was the big hotsy-totsy singer there. Wow. And I would watch her and I'd go, she's fantastic. She had a four-octave range. Oh, my God. She's this tall. Where does the voice come from? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. And, um, wow. and then her manager said, well, you know, we've got some dates coming up and we think you'd be good to sing harmony with Pat. And I said, gee, I would love to. <gasps> Uh, I don't have to wear uh, spandex, do I? <laughs> I have to love that. <laughs> I mean, spandex makes everyone look better than they think they do. But, but really, so it's, a lie. it's a lie. Yeah, yeah. I actually like the way it sucks you all in. Like, it's a big inhalation. <laughs> Yeah, but when you have to go to the bathroom, it takes like three hours. I don't, I don't, I don't, I just don't. For showbiz, I, I, I hold it all in. Does this look good? Does this look good? Look, look, look at all the love you're getting. I yes, still like, don't understand this love. They're sending you hearts and love. But so, where's the lunch? Is there lunch with this love? I, I need lunch. All right, so so you sang with Pat. Okay, so you do the Golden Palominos. You're, you're making enough to survive. I was, I was making enough to, it seemed that we could, that we, all of us were making enough to survive them. Like you could make a few dollars like playing at the, at the Red Lion or you could, or at the back fence or somewhere. Are those places here? No, those were in New York on Bleecker Street. Oh, oh because yeah, there's yeah. a Red Lion here. Is there? Yeah. yeah. Over in uh, Silver Lake. Okay. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, everyone does this, everyone plays crappy, crappy shows. Or the shows might be good, but it's a crappy, crappy venue. Mm -hmm. And you get a ticket while you're loading your gear oh. in, in the blizzard out front. Oh. Well, you know, but that's just the stupidity of it all. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I think it all, you know, one thing is that uh, in, in, in a lifetime of looking back at live performances, mm -hmm. it's very disturbing how, um, how, how, how nobody ever can hear themselves. You can hear pins drop in my shows because everybody's terrified to upset me. <laughs> so, so you can really, no, people pay rapt attention. No, it's because you're compelling, that's why. <laughs> no, they're terrified of me because oh, I've been known to jump off stage and pay people to leave. <laughs> Here's five dollars. There's a bar right around the corner. Why don't you go have something? Here, take your friends with you. I'm getting broke quick. 
<laughs> but, um, you know, it all adds up to you either love what it is you're doing. Mm -hmm. As a chick in my 50s, I love my job more than I ever, ever did. I appreciate it. It makes no sense that the more and more obsolete I become, the more fun I'm having, the more I'm kicking my heels up in the margins, and uh, and there's nobody much, you know, nobody really is trying to tell me what I need to do, which is great. Okay, so tell us what it looks like now. Let, let's get to now. So it's swervy. It's swervy. So you had a gig today. You were singing backup for somebody, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have been really busy singing on some really great records. Is there anything trip. you can talk about? It. I won't. I won't. I want to talk about my friend Jimmer. Okay, go. Jimmer needs to come be on. You will love him. Okay. Please have him on. Yeah. Women who write. He is. He is my pal, Jimmer Podraski from the Rave Ups. That was his band, and uh, but his solo stuff is very uh, gripping in a, a very shaggy dog, mm -hmm. beautiful, uh, shaggy, realistic way that I I wish I could just play you this song I sang on this week. Ooh. It's the kind of thing where I, I love this. Even though I sang on it, even if I didn't sing on it, I would hit replay 20 times to wow. play the song. Wow. What's I fell in love with it. Um, uh, is he calling it uh, So Long Blue? I think it's called So Long Blue. And how long will it be till So Long Blue is out, do you know? If it was up to me, we'd put it out tonight. Wow. Wow. It's so good. Oh, I can't wait to hear I it. I want people that love Jimmer to know that he's writing wonderful songs. And he's a how person... How can they find him? I'll give you his number. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You'll give me a link. You'll give will. me a link so people can find him. And That's I sang on his record last year, which was oh. called God Like the Sun. Okay. Jimmer Podraski, God Like the Sun. And last year we did a wonderful duet called You Can Count on Me, oh. which you, you're going to want to have him on. Okay, I love him and already. He, and he needs to come have love from the women who write because mm. he's just, he's a, he's got some, some sadness around the, the rough edges, and he needs the love. Okay, we we'll love him up. And his songs make us love him. Here, Louise is gonna, Louise, put it on the thing so everybody can see who he is. He's very cute. He's a wonderful, wonderful. He's so cute. He's my favorite shaggy dog. Oh, he's my so cute. My pal, Jimmer. Okay. Love him so much. Oh, and you know what, is. we need to support these people that are out there doing their work. And we don't know who cares how many get the numbers up. Ooh, in this numbers game, I approach the world one, one uh, highly suspect set of ears at a time, you know. Um, and 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 it's just very personal. I, you know, we all know that we're not. Um, I'm I'm I've never been confused, uh, you know, for Janet Jackson or anything. You know, it's like nobody's buying my anything by the millions maybe if it was pesos or something that would be cool I, I by the way i just love that louise is finding things online as well, is the name of her podcast things i, I found online i found online a yeah. video that i took last year of sid and jimmer in santa barbara show show the the, the, the thing uh, that's crazy that's is that crazy this is so like layers of super modernity Oh, really? Just a moment of it then. Yeah, let's, let's
anyway, yeah, so that's it, great though. But it's on it just if you put into YouTube uh, Sid Straw and Jimmer Live, you'll find it. You can count on me. Wow. Okay, I'm looking at all the. So yeah, hi, Rob Barnett's fun. here. Penny Barnett is here. Oh my God. I'm, all right, I'm, I'm I'm trying to like. I love you, Penny Barnett. Yes, yeah, so do You're I. She's Penny. an angel. Penny is an angel. She is. She is an angel. Do you know that when the women leave, Penny stays and she cleans up my house afterwards so that I can get online and put everything up. She stays and she mops my floors and vacuums. She's like an angel from literally. She, Penny from God. never vacuumed for me. <laughs> yeah. I'm re rethinking this angel stuff, Penny. Penny. Um, okay, so, so vacuum envy. Uh, vacuum envy. <laughs> so, um, so, so Sid. So right now, so you you're working on your CD on your yes. album. Okay, so when 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 is casual? Casually, really? casually. I just want to put it out as soon as it's done. I think done. you should. I think you should put I'm that just song out start immediately. Songs you should out. just put that song out. Because, I want it. Because thank you. You'll be the third person I send it to. <laughs> I have to send it to my manager, Carol Burnett, first. She checks everything out. And she walks out if it's no good. She just gets up and leaves. For those of you who didn't see the promo video, um, Louise, can you pan to Carol Burnett? Is that possible? Sure. Carol, are you ready for your close up? Oh, wait, wait. Carol's gonna come over here. Come here, Carol. Carol, wait, come here. Come, come to, come to, come Carol, to. Carol, I need you to come count here. some twenties for can, me. Can Carol come up on? on Carol, come, come, here. come here. Come here. We, we need everybody to see Carol. The thing is this: I enjoy hiding behind my manager <laughs> because she makes every all the big decisions. <laughs> and uh, and I have to say, can I talk about her personally? Please do. That this winter was very, very rough for us. Carol oh. was very, very sick in Vermont oh. where we live. Oh. And um, I lived basically on a dirt road, but it was all ice all oh, winter. And Carol. Carol was terribly ill and I, oh. uh, we got some major help from the universe, oh. from people that love Carol oh. and Dr. Bruce in Rutland at oh. Eastwood Animal Clinic in Rutland, Vermont. And people came together. Basically, what happened is you saved Carol's life. Oh my God. <laughs> she looks oh. great. She does, oh. doesn't she? She looks, she looks perfect. Oh, oh Carol. Yeah. She's got some problems, but you know who doesn't? But the fact is that People love her. And so this is my experience of motherhood in this lifetime. Henry Harris before her, my soulmate boy, and Carol. And it's such a beautiful thing. Um, we're staying at a friend's house now in Silver Lake with her 18-year-old cat. And uh, she's in Paris, lucky, lucky pun. Mm -hmm. But um, we're staying at her lovely house. And she was very afraid, she thought. Mm -hmm. you know, I've been told that my cat can't be around other creatures. So as soon as she went to Paris, you know, Carol and I started hanging out with the cat, Buddy. And now we're all sleeping together. Oh. And Buddy's on you the are bed such with a me. Slut. Carol, I am totally a total <laughs> slut. I sleep around with all kinds of animals. It's true. It's true. It's true. Well, Carol's a sweetheart. She's and a good manager, too. I I'm, I'm, we're going to talk off camera. You know what she told me, right? Because we were driving over to, she's like, no more benefits. <laughs> <laughs> no more benefits. Which we didn't even talk about, Sid. We didn't talk about the fact that you do the Wild Honey show every year. Oh, let's and talk, talk about let's it. Let's talk about Wild Honey. Let's talk about, that's the company, the production company 
that gets me out here, gets us out here every winter. Thank you, thank you, Paul Rock, Dave Jenkins. It's so wonderful. We do these big um, impressionistic tributes. Um, we've been doing, I think, the last three years at the Alex Theater in beautiful Which Glendale. Which is gorgeous. A wonderful theater where I was first paid to sing. Wow. I was a professional Christmas caroler in front of the Alex Theater on Brown Boulevard in Glendale. Wait a minute, you were paid to Christmas carol? Yes, $5 an hour. Wow. Wow, it was way better than babysitting, which I was paid 50 cents an hour. Yeah. And, and I did housework. <gasps> wow, you were underpaid. I got $2 an hour when I babysat. It's because you're gorgeous. No. I'm sure that has something to do with no, it. No, I was very funny looking. I doubt that. But I really did do, uh, for 50 cents, wow. I, 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 I paid great attention to the kids. And I did the housework, you know, wow. light, light housework. But wow. so, so Christmas caroling for five bucks an hour was a real step up. Wow. Okay, but... Il but... est né le divin enfant. <laughs> Good accent. <laughs> okay, so, you did, so you've been coming in for Wild Honey, so this year was Buffalo Springfield. Oh, it was, was so wonderful. Amazing. I saw the, the, um, the Beach Boys. Uh, one that you did last year, um, uh, or two years ago. I, I think that every every year, the the Wild Honey Orchestra, everyone outdoes themselves. It's very, it's Guffman esque. You know, we're all back there in the dark, waiting for our moment. <laughs> and everyone's and, and, and amazing. One, and one song, everybody gets one song. So Susan Castle like flies out here and does yeah. one song, yes. right? And Bill Mooney did one song last year, whatever. And, and Sid does one song. Well, you sing back up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But um, but it's it's this amazing thing. Everybody checks their ego at the door, and well, um, no. Carol, <laughs> call me, call me. I've got stories. See, from what I'm from what I'm seeing from my vantage point in the audience, it looks it's so cozy. We mm. we all get along tremendously, except for the one or two people that I deplore. Oh. Um, you know what? I, it has to be hard to get on your shit list, I think. No, there is no shit list. But you know what I do want to have? I want to make a commercial now for my um, my home-brewed perfume, which I do want to call Deplorable. <laughs> what are you wearing? Deplorable. It's Deplorable. You know, I'm sorry, but I think all cologne now is Deplorable. I wore scents all my life, oils and patchouli and all kinds of things. and. I kind of developed an allergy to chemicals and scents and, and to now, alcohol. And well, that's it's natural. The alcohol. But it's it's for me now. It's it's offensive when people have stuff on because it's really a basket of deplorable. Because usually people <laughs> bathe in their stuff, and then right. it's just overwhelming. You Wait, how am I? No, no, you're subtle and fabulous. Am I subtle like the bee and subtle? <laughs> I love if the you, way where you smell. You, no, you smell fabulous. If you smell it when you hug the person, that's it. That's the right amount. That's right. right. You can only. I, I didn't even know you were wearing scent until I got with your nose, with my nose in your hair. That's that's the correct way to with put on With my nose in your hair. All right. Speaking of which, we want you to sing another song. And I know, and I know that you have some place that you have to be. But before you, before we break to music and, and go bye bye, um, so tell us where. You have a big show this weekend. Tell us about it. Oh, gosh. God. Saturday night, the 24th of March, I'll be playing at Macabre's Guitar <laughs> Shop. 
It's called McCabe's, for those of you who want to find it. But it's scary, so I call it McCabe's. <laughs> and I'm playing there. We're doing um, an, an anniversary show, the 60th anniversary of McCabe's <gasps> Guitar Shop. Wow. And I'm playing with the great Dave Alvin and the great Peter Case. That is fantastic. I think it'll be a lot of fun, but it's, what do I know? <laughs> it sounds fantastic. Okay, so that's this Saturday night. And um, we're going to look for um, casually to be I'll very... I'll play it. You'll play it Saturday night. I feel that you it's know, ready. You're making me want to just play. You it need then. to play it, and then if, then I can get Dave Alvin and Peter Case to play on it and sing harmony with you. You know that wouldn't be entirely egregious. <laughs> I'll teach them my part. Yeah, you have to come. Maybe Louise has a will come out and, and, and sing it for you. <laughs> I also want to put out a plug for anybody out there in the world. Uh, this Saturday, the twenty fourth, we will be marching for our lives. And uh, for a moment of seriousness, um, I will be out there with the same sign I've been carrying at every anti-he's-not-my-president march for the last couple, every women's march for the last couple of years. But anyway, um, I will be out there marching. Louise will be out there marching. Mm -hmm. um, Sid's going to be busy getting ready for her show, but she's going to be fighting the good fight from the stage on Saturday. But um, please get out there and march this Saturday because our kids need us. I, one, the, this sign that I saw yesterday, it makes me cry every time I think about it, but this girl wrote... I want to be writing my term paper, not my will. Wow. I'm sorry, but you know, um, we got to get out I there. Wanna, I want to march Saturday. You got to, well, come with us. We got to go march. Pershing Square, I believe it's Pershing Square. Anyway, but um, but I love you, and I'm so grateful that you did this. I love you too. I, Is I, our hour up? Well, yeah, we've been we've been yapping, and um, but but Sid's gonna sing us out with okay. Carol at her feet. So Louise is going to swing around the light and the camera. Let's see. What would be super easy? Whatever will make you joyful and uh, happy. Wow, somebody else's song. Uh, no. No. <laughs> no, we love oh, your songs. Oh, oh let's see. Oh. Treat me like paper mache.
casualty wear. How can they find paper mache? Oh, that's on a record called Pink Velour. Yes. Okay, so that is possible to be had. On band camp. Right, right now, you can have that one. Um, we'll see you next Wednesday on the road taken. We'll be back with Malia, and she is another songbird, a young chartreuse. I almost said chartreuse. She's a young she's, chartreuse she, songbird. She is. She's phenomenal. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Vicky. Thank you. Mwah.